Punchinello lived in Wemmicksville, just like all the other Wemmicks. He was made by a woodmaker and had been carved by Eli, the Wemmick maker. Sometimes the Wemmicks did silly things, like the time they collected boxes and balls. They started getting crazy when a Wemmick named Tuck bought a new box. Others had boxes, but Tuck's was new. Tuck loved his new box. It was brightly coloured and he was proud of it. He strutted up and down the street, showing off his box. Have you seen my new box? He would ask the other Wemmicks he passed. Would you like to touch it? Tuck found Punchinello. Don't you wish you had a new box, he teased. Punchinello thought Tuck's box was beautiful and he wished for a box of his own. Soon Tuck began to think he was better than the other Wemmicks because he had a new box. Nip disagreed. My box is as good as Tuck's, he said, showing off his box on the other side of the street. Tuck gave Nip a mad look. Then he had an idea. He stepped into a store and bought a ball. Now he had more things than Nip, a box and a ball. Nip frowned at Tuck's ball and then bought two balls. He boasted to Tuck, I have more than you. Before he knew it, Tuck was buying another box and then Nip bought another ball and then Tuck bought another ball. On and on it went. The mayor tried to stop the whole mess. You two are being silly, he said to Nip and Tuck. Who cares who has the most toys? You're just jealous, they replied, because you don't have any. Jealous of you? Ha! But soon the mayor was in the store buying boxes and balls. Other Wemmicks began to join in. Everybody carried them and everybody thought good Wemmicks have a lot, not so good Wemmicks have little. When a Wemmick walked down the street with a stack of boxes and balls higher than his head, the people stopped. Now there goes a good Wemmick, they would say. But when a Wemmick passes with only a f one ball or box, the others would whisper, poor, poor Wemmick. Of course, Punchinello didn't want to be called a poor Wemmick. He searched through his closet and found one little ball. He dug into his pocket and found enough money for one small box. I know what I'll do, he declared. I'll sell my books to get money to buy more boxes and balls. So he bought a blue and green box with clouds painted on the sides. But still he wanted more. He worked nights for extra money and bought a ball. And since he was working nights, he didn't use his bed. He sold it and bought two more balls. Soon Punchinello had an armful, but other Wemmicks had more. Some of them carried so many boxes and balls, they had trouble walking. Punchinello wanted to be like these Wemmicks, so he sold more stuff and he worked more hours. His eyes were tired from not getting any sleep. His arms were tired from carrying toys. And worst of all, his friends couldn't remember when Punchinello last came to play. We haven't seen you lately, Lucia said. Why don't you come to play anymore? Asked Splint. Not everyone carried about boxes and balls. Punchinello's friends didn't, but Punchinello told his friends, I've got to work to do. His friends sighed. 
but Punchinello only cared about what the other box and ball people thought. So he got a new idea. I'll sell my house. That's crazy, cried Lucia. Where will you live? asked Splint. But Punchinello could think about was toys he could buy with all that money. So he sold his house. He bought boxes and boxes and balls and more balls. He carried so many toys he couldn't see where he was going. His stack went way above his head, but he didn't mind. So what if his arms ached? So what if he kept walking into walls? So what if he had no friends? He had boxes and balls. And when he passed Wemmicks, they would turn and say, wow, he must be a good Wemmick. Punchinello felt great. I am a good Wemmick, he thought. Behind the village stood Wemmick's peak. I'm going to the top of the mountain, the mayor shouted. The race was on. Wemmicks loaded with boxes and balls began running up the mountain. It was a crazy race since the people couldn't see where they were going. They bumped into each other. Exhausted, they fell over their own feet. Some fell off the trail, but the rest kept going. Bringing up the rear was Punchinello. After all, he'd only been a good Wemmick for a short time. He wasn't used to carrying so much, but since he couldn't see, he didn't know that he'd left the trail. Suddenly, he was all alone. I'm ahead of the others, he thought. I'll be the highest with the most. About that time, Punchinello's foot caught the edge of a porch step. He tried to keep his balance. His toys swayed left and then right. He leaned back, then forward, and then tumbled right through the door of Eli's workshop. When Punchinello realised where he was, he was embarrassed. For a long time, he stayed face down on the floor. One of the balls rolled across the floor to Eli's workbench. The woodcarver turned around. Punchinello. Eli's voice was calm and kind. The Wemmick could feel his face turn red. Looks like you've been carrying a big load. Punchinello rose to his knees, his head low. These are my boxes and balls, he said quietly. Do you play with the boxes and balls? asked Eli. Punchinello shook his head. Do you like boxes and balls? I like the way they make me feel. And how do they make you feel? Important, Punchinello answered, still with a small voice. Hmm, Eli observed. So, you've been thinking like the other Wemmicks, that the more you have, the better you are, and the happier you'll be. I suppose so. Come here, Punchinello, I want to show you something. Punchinello looked up at Eli for the first time. He was glad that the Wemmick maker wasn't mad. Punchinello followed Eli to the window. Look at them, Eli said. Punchinello saw the Wemmicks climbing the mountain. They were tumbling, stumbling and fighting each other to get ahead. Do they look happy? Eli asked. Punchinello just shook his head. Do they look important? Not at all, Punchinello said, seeing the mare and his wife. The mare was on the ground and she was stepping on his back. She had a box on her head and he had a ball in his mouth. Did I create them to act that way? asked Eli. No. Punchinello felt a big hand on his shoulder. Do you know how much your boxes and balls cost you? My books 
and bed, my money and my house. My little friend, they cost you much more than that. They cost you happiness, didn't they? Punchinello paused. Yes. They cost you friends. What's worse, you did not trust me to make you happy. You trusted in toys. Punchinello looked at his toys suddenly. They didn't seem so valuable. I kind of messed up. That's okay. You're still special. Punchinello ducked his head and smiled. You're special, not for what you have, but for who you are. You are mine. I love you. Don't forget that. I won't, Punchinello smiled. Eli? Yes? What should I do with these boxes and balls? Perhaps you should give them to someone who really needs them. Punchinello turned to leave, but stopped. Eli? Yes. I don't have a place to sleep. Eli smiled and offered, Would you like to sleep here tonight? I sure would. I'm very tired. And so that night, Punchinello slept on a bed of straw. He slept well. It felt good to be in the house of his maker. Great. Do have your seats. Now, as I saw many of you coming in this morning, um, I didn't see many of you carrying great big boxes and loads of uh, balls. But what I want to do is take this idea of how we get our value, maybe we get our worth, we see what's important in things that we have. Um, not all of them are physical. Um, and just take a few minutes to challenge us about maybe we're putting our value in the wrong place and invite us to come back into the house of our maker and to find our value in the God who loves us and cares for us. So I've got five boxes. David, do you want to hold the first one for me? Um, come around here. So this one uh, says toys. Now, I hope that at least one of these will connect with each of you here in the room. Toys. Maybe you've got some new toys. Uh, maybe I need to change that word to gadgets for some of you as well. Uh, many of us slightly older love to play with toys as well. Now, having toys is good, and uh, we can enjoy them. But maybe sometimes we can become so focused on the toys and gadgets that we have we get carried away with it and we just think about ourselves and it stops us from thinking about others, being generous to others, sharing with others. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16 says, do not forget to do good to others and share with them because such sacrifices please God. Let's enjoy what we have, but let's not, it not let it become so important that it makes us into a selfish people but we only think about ourselves. Let's think about the needs of those around us, uh, not just those that are like us, maybe in our family, um, but those that are different to us in our community, in our world as well. Uh, second one, who can hold another one for me? Yeah, Joseph, thank you. Can you find job for me? Great, come and stand next to Livy, thank you. Um, job, or maybe I should make that a bit broader, uh, role, maybe. Christmas is a reminder that we're not defined by what we do, the role we might have in our family, in our community, in the church, the job that we're paid for, the volunteering that we do, maybe even a job or role you might have in your school or college or friendship group. We're reminded in that story, maybe with those boxes and balls, that our value doesn't come by just what we do and by what we have. Our value comes by the value our maker puts on us, our God puts on us. John 3, 16 says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. He didn't say that there was a set criteria of things people had done before God loved the world, before God expressed his love to you in sending Jesus. It says, but for God so loved the world, and that includes me, and that includes you. Our value doesn't come in what we do, but in who we are as God's created beings. Uh, who else can hold one for me? Yeah, come on up. I'm looking for the property one. Can you see a property one? Can you help us out there, Phil? Is it this one? Yeah. Great, hold it up nice and high for us. Great, property. Uh, now, maybe we're not carrying boxes around, but maybe many of us put our worth and our value in the place that we live. Uh, maybe at the moment, maybe this is more for the adults, for the children and young people. Maybe you're, maybe you're renting somewhere and you're longing just to own somewhere, to be like others. Maybe you own somewhere and it's a little bit small and you'd long to have somewhere bigger. Maybe you've recently visited a relative and you've been a little bit envious at the things that they have in their house. Maybe we need to be reminded not to join in with the more, more, more culture that we live in, but to be grateful and to enjoy what we have, to be content, to be happy and grateful for what we have, for how God's provided for us in this moment. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 and 7 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Are we going to be able to manage for two more, Olivia and Joseph? Are your arms aching yet? No. You're going to manage? Okay. You're going to manage. Okay. <laughs> um, I need someone else to hold one for me. Yeah, Okay, you go, yeah, and Bethany can go next. That's great, we've got our last two. We're looking for reputation. Can you find reputation? Great, well done, hold it up for us. For Punchinello, reputation was really important in this story, wasn't it? It was really important what others thought of him. And he ended up just going, oh, I didn't even notice that, thank you. Are the others around the right way? They are. Um, for Punchinello, it was really important what other people thought of him. And he ended up just going along with the crowd, just joining in with what others were doing. And sometimes we too, I don't know about you, but we too could end up caring what other people think about us too much, more than what we actually think God cares about us, what God thinks about us. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is from the story of David, uh, when God, through Samuel, is looking for a new king. And he kind of um, goes to David's brothers first with the prophet Samuel. Prophet Samuel thinks, surely it's going to be one of the older ones, one of the more handsome ones, one of the more experienced ones. Uh, but God had something else in mind. Samuel was thinking as people were thinking. It's going to be a tall, older, stronger, wiser one. But it says this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 3. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Maybe we need to be reminded not to focus on what other people think of us and how we're living, but what God thinks of us, who sees our heart. And may our hearts be turned towards him, wanting to live a life that honors him and shows people what he is like. And finally, Bethany, come on up. We have success. Success. Got it? For Punchinello and the Wemmick, success looked like having the most and the tallest collection of boxes and balls, which in Eli's eyes, or God's eyes, wasn't success. I wonder what you picture success will be like for you next year. Is it success in the eyes of other people? Is it success 
in the eyes of God? Is it success according to kingdom values? Is it success that prays something like your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Is it success that considers the needs of the last, the least, the lost, and the little in our community? May I encourage you as we approach a new decade, as we go into 2020, to think again, what is it you're committing to do? What does success look like for you? And to take some time to pray about that. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Our value does not come in toys, in jobs, and roles, in property, in where we live, in our reputation before people, and in what we might think of success. Our value comes from a God who loves us. And wherever we're at in our walk with him, welcomes us back into his house because Jesus has made it possible for us to be friends with God.